This is episode 331, Heal Your Sister Wound with Emily. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you have a minute or two, or even less than a minute, if you can head over and rate and review the show, I would greatly appreciate it. It means so much to get great ratings and reviews and really helps bring other people into the podcast. So if you have some time to do that, I'd love that. And I read the reviews and I love hearing from all of you and I love hearing how the show is impacting your life. And please share it. The more you share with friends, with family, the more we can continue to grow this like-minded community. Um, I've got a couple questions about what's going to happen to the podcast when I go on maternity leave. It's still going to happen. I'm going to batch a bunch of shows. Um, so you'll still get fresh coaching shows from me for the three months that I'll be on maternity leave. And then Coach's Corner, we're still experimenting with what we're going to do about that. And I may feel inspired to come on tell you the birth story or come on and talk to you about something, or maybe I want to do an amazing interview. Who knows? I'm giving myself permission to see how I feel because this is a whole new chapter of my life. And as you all know, when we embrace new chapters, it's great to have some plans and it's great to have some ideas and intentions about how it's going to go. And I think we're all quickly humbled when we plan too much (laughs) and and we think we know how something's going to go when it's an entirely new chapter. And I've learned that lesson many, many times. So I'm very surrendered to, there's a lot I don't know, I don't know about how my transition into motherhood is going to be. So giving myself again, full permission to just see how I feel and go from there. And I hope that inspires you to look at areas in your life where you could give yourself a little bit more permission to not need to know in advance, to really see how you feel moment by moment, day by day before you make any big decisions. So today's podcast is a great one. doesn't matter if you have a sister wound. When I talk about sister wound, I'm not talking about just your biological sister. I'm talking about the feminine wound. And this is great for men to listen to as well, because a lot of times men have that masculine wound. And no matter how we identify or orientate male, female, or something else, we all have wounds from our past when it comes to belonging. So if we chunk this topic up high enough, it's not necessarily just about the sister wound. It's about the wound we feel like when we don't belong with people like us or people different from us, we feel separate, we protect ourselves. I think you're really going to get a lot from today's episode. I also want to invite you to a free training from someone who I love and respect and have learned so much from. Stephen Kessler is hosting a event, and again, it's free, called The Secret to Better Relationships. Let the inside of five personality patterns show you how to create thriving relationships on Wednesday, January 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. I have a feeling it will be recorded if you can't make it live. You've heard him on the podcast. He was on several months ago. I have learned so much from this man. He has so much experience. He has this incredible father-grandfather energy and is an amazing teacher. 
So you can go to christinehassler.com slash Stephen and you spell Stephen S-T-E-V-E-N and register for the event. You'll learn about the different worlds people live in, how to understand their world, how to speak so they will listen, how to listen so they will speak and how to communicate with anyone successfully. I love learning about the five personality patterns. I even teach them in our Elementum Coaching Institute and our Inner Child Workshop. And Stephen Kessler is who I have learned about them from. So again, christinehassler.com slash Stephen. It's January 19th. It is free. Go to register. So as you're listening to this call with Emily, consider, do you feel like you have a wound when it comes to really belonging and making friends? If you do identify as a woman, do you feel like you have that sister wound that it's really hard to make friends with other women? Did you grow up in a family where there was a parent or a step-parent or someone that was super critical of you, and now you've noticed that you have an inner critic that's even worse? Is it often hard for you to be really vulnerable and to feel really seen? Do you second guess yourself a lot when it comes to interactions with other people? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Emily. Emily, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thanks, Christine. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm a little bit nervous, anxious. That's okay. Most people are. It'll wear off. Okay. So I guess I'm calling because I would like to heal my sister wound. Mm. Like with your actual biological sister, or are you talking about female female relationships? Both. Okay. <laughs> Both. Okay. Yeah. I have struggled with just overall like general fears of vulnerability and, you know, judgment, rejection, mostly in the context of female friendships mm-hmm. and just feeling, you know, just a lot of anxiety around making those connections building stronger connections, just wanting deeper connections and more friendships, Mm -hmm. I guess, and just not really kind of knowing how to let go of some of my stuff. Okay. What's some of your stuff that you'd like to let go of? Probably being in my head too much. Even in preparation for this call, you know, I had scheduled it like a week ago and the whole week I'm sort of like, in my head about what am I going to say and what Mm. are you going to say and how am I going to, you know, come across and Mm -hmm. am I going to get my, my thoughts out coherently and all of that on Mm -hmm. top of, you know, I've listened to your show for a couple of years now. So I know that you come from a place of compassion and, you know, true like love and understanding. And so I'm not really fearful of you, but I think it's just my stuff kind of comes up where I'm just like, am I going to be judged? And, Mm -hmm. you know, how am I going to deal with that? Mm -hmm. And so I think in the past, I'm, I'm actually really proud of myself for being on this call because I think in the past, um, I would have backed out. I Mm would have just been like, this is going to be way too uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to put myself through it. And so just forget it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, I'm really, I want to change that. And I've, um, I've, I've been doing a little bit of work. I actually took your inner child workshop back in March, which was just life-changing. And so I've been working on some of my stuff and it's helped within my, my relationship, my marriage, my relationship with my mom. She actually took it with me. So mm. we've kind of, we're sort of like learning together and it's been really, really great for both of us. But I think where I'm stuck is like not really getting enough practice probably with like the female friendships mm-hmm. and like, you know, other connections that I'm like looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. I'm very proud of you too, because it is, it is a big deal, especially when, 
vulnerability feels really tender. It's a big deal to put yourself out there, both to have a call with me and to put yourself on a, in a public platform. That's amazing. Yeah. So I really yeah. deeply acknowledge you. And so just to give you some feedback, you're coming across as a really vulnerable, courageous, honest woman. And there's going to be a lot of people who actually aren't judging you, but who are relating to you, who are going to be like, oh my gosh, that's me. I could yeah. have said the same thing. So just yeah. this, this call is for you. That's the primary purpose. And know that it's helping a lot of people because the things that you're saying are very real and very common. You're not the only one that struggles with it. And I think more than anything else, the person you're most afraid of is your own inner critic because she's pretty fierce and pretty ruthless. Yeah. And yeah. it seems that's the, the block to female friendships because when we have, when we have a fierce inner critic, it is virtually impossible to be ourselves. It's virtually impossible to be authentic. And the kind of relationships you're looking for and the kind of people that you want to attract, especially with female friendships, are going to want authentic. That's what you want. You don't want fakey right. fakey. Right. And yeah. because you've got this inner critic and you're in your head and when you're in a dynamic, let's say you're at a social event and meeting some new people, there's half of you that's present in the conversation. And then there's this other half of you hovering above you, judging your every move. And every mm -hmm. comment and just yeah. observing you and witnessing you and criticizing you. And so that's going to make you seem not authentic. Right, right. And it's going to be harder for people to know you and see you. So mm -hmm. I don't think this is a result of people not liking you or you doing anything wrong. I think it's more of a result of your inner critic hides you. It, she mm -hmm. keeps the real true you from being seen. Does that feel accurate to you? It does. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And mm -hmm. when you think about the sister wound, was there a particular event or circumstances that made it harder to trust other women, that made it harder to feel like you could be yourself? Yeah, I don't know that there was like one particular event, but my parents divorced when I was seven and... They both, my dad remarried. My mom was in a partnership for, I think, like the next 15 years or so with a woman. And I felt pretty judged and criticized from her. You're from your mom's was, partner or your mom? Yeah, from my mom's partner. Okay. Less so my mom, but I think I've kind of worked on that, those issues that I had with my mom. And I've tried to work on, on the stuff. I, I don't have a relationship anymore with my mom's ex-partner. But I definitely can see back then where like prior to her being in my life, you know, I can remember being a young girl and just being so carefree and not worried about the judgments and the criticisms and any of that and just being, you know, the little girl that I was. And then after, you know, about 10 years old, I can remember like things sort of changing with home life, with school, with friendships. And it just kind of continued on from there. And that's when your mom's partner came into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what was she critical of you about? Uh, I mean, I feel like everything. I feel like I could really, I, I just, I couldn't be myself. I remember being very girly and into clothes and mm -hmm. makeup and hair and stuff like that and dolls and just, again, I don't remember anything specific, but it was just like the way I was made to feel. So like judging of 
being, you know, how Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. in that girly sense. Yeah. And how was it explained to you that your mom was going to be partnering with a woman? I think just that this is, you know, her partner. I don't, I don't know that it was really explained in any specific way. How do you remember feeling about it? I actually remember being excited. I remember when my dad remarried, I was excited about, you know, this new stepmother figure and her family. And, you know, there was like fighting of of my, my mom and my dad. Um, and their divorce was not exactly easy, but I don't, I don't, I can't relate to like, you know, when people say, you know, don't, like, I never felt like it was my fault. I never mm-hmm. felt like it was, you know, mm-hmm. you know, something that I had to do with. I never felt guilty for any of that. I, mm-hmm. I just felt like, oh, there's like more people in my life to like love and care about me. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't any, any shame or any, no. anything. I don't mean about your parents' divorce. I mean about mom being with a woman, no. like around friends no. or anything like that. That was totally a well easy transition. Friends, yeah, I guess it was, I, I don't know that I was ever really open about it with any of my friends. Mm-hmm. And I, but I also don't remember any time where I was made to feel like I couldn't share it. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm not getting that there was anything. I'm just curious. Cause that's, that's a big transition. Parents getting divorced, remarried, and then mom being with a woman. And there's absolutely zero wrong with that. But as right. a 10-year-old little girl, when that's not what a lot of other mommies are doing, it could have been something that was difficult. Might not have been. It mm-hmm. might have landed totally okay for you. Might have been more the criticism. So mm-hmm. what it seems like kind of may have happened is with mom's partner being mean to you and mom not protecting you. Because what was her role in that? Did she see that going on? You know, we, we've since talked about it, my mom and I. I think she did see what was going on, but I don't know that she had any skills to do anything with it. So, no, she didn't protect me. And what, what skills does it really take to say, don't talk to my daughter like that? Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, and this is not about making your mom wrong or throwing her under the bus or anything like that, but I also don't want you to protect her too mm-hmm. much in this. And I'm glad that you've talked about it and I'm glad that you do work together. And it sounds like in a lot of that, the relationship has been healed, but Mm -hmm. it definitely sounds like between this, this trifecta, right? You mom and mom's ex-partner, some of this feminine wounding came into play. One of you've got like the oppressive feminine, right? Really showing up and being manipulative and, and mean and all that. And then you've got the submissive feminine of, not protecting you, not standing up, being more docile, being like, well, I don't know what's going on, so I can't do anything, you know, kind of playing Mm -hmm. that role in Mm -hmm. it. And so I think, I'm guessing there's probably some anger you have at the feminine. So yes, there's the, okay, some, you know, confidence stuff, vulnerability stuff, but also like these were your role models. Mm-hmm. And there may be a part of you that was like, I want nothing to do with this. And so now yeah. you have competing <sighs> intentions. You have this part of you that really wants female friendships, but this other part of you coming from your, you know, adolescent tween self going, uh-uh, women, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So what comes up for you when I say that? Oh, that's spot on. That's 
Yeah, that's just really spot on. I've always struggled with, you know, what, sort of like the both, you know, both worlds. I want to be a part of it. And then I'm just like, this is just not for me. I never really felt like I belonged in groups of women. And yet I still want, mm-hmm. you know, part of me does want to be part of a group of women. And what you makes know? you feel like you don't belong? I don't know. I guess I don't, I'm not really sure specifically what makes me feel that way. I guess I just feel like an outsider. I don't know. Maybe you might, but that might be the protective thing because there's a part of you that doesn't trust it. Yeah. So you kind of might just be like, oh, well, I'm an outsider. I don't belong. Mm -hmm. But if we were to really dissect it, what may be the main subconscious belief that's running this is I'm just not safe with women. Because if you think about mom and ex-partner's home and being there, you had one person coming at you and one person not protecting you. And that was your group feminine model. Mm -hmm. So who's going to want to go hang out with a group of women if that's your experience? Right. So my hunch is that there's this very sweet loving part of you that also kind of bows to your inner critic and believes what she says <laughs> that has convinced yourself that you just don't belong. But really, again, if we dive deeper, it's that you don't want anything to do with it because mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel like a safe place. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 What's coming up for you now? Um, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sad, I guess. And I really want to heal this. Yeah. Well, you are. Yeah. You are. You're in the process. Remember, these kind of things, you know, aren't like a little cut on your finger. It's not like they heal in a few days. And there's not like there's one or two things we do. But you're in the process of healing it. And I think part of what the healing is, is to really go back and look at the dynamic and the way you felt in that home, living with mom and ex-partner and the beliefs that you made around women and the feminine and who you had to be in relationship. And also looking at this inner critic protective part that you develop, because often when we're teased, bullied, or have a strict or oppressive or mean or critical parent, we develop that inner critic part to be way worse than they are. Because it's like, if I can be harder on myself, then they will be hard on me. Then maybe it'll hurt less. And so you've kind of got this inner critic sitting in front of your authentic self. And then you've also got this other part who wants to be, you know, really connected to other women, but who has the competing intention of, but that doesn't feel good. That's not safe. Right. So there's kind of two dimensions to this. There's you working with your inner critic, which is not just going to help this. It's going to help all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And there's also unraveling yourself from that old trifecta of mom, ex-partner, you, and that kind okay. of being your model. So if I were in your shoes, I would start to journal about what I believe about relationships with women, what I believe about women, 
what I learned about women from living with my mom and her ex-partner and just start to get at some of those. Because when we write, handwrite, not type, we start to get at some of that subconscious programming. And when you start to see that and question it and forgive yourself for buying into those beliefs, then that opens up the possibility of new friendships coming in. And it's going to be really important when you're interacting with women to do whatever you can to keep yourself in present time. And this is why the inner critic needs to be um, dealt with as well, because she's the one that pulls you out of your body, right? And starts watching your every move. But when you can be with a woman in a social situation and remind yourself, okay, if, if you're anything comes up, just internally say, that was then, this is now. Women are safe. I'm safe. No one's judging me. No one's criticizing me. Because even in the beginning when you were talking about how are people going to think of you, how are you going to be judged, that's the wounding from ex-stepmom. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you felt all the right. time. Your world went from, as you said, being carefree to feeling like you were judged for your every move. Right. So it's going to be a lot of that self-talk. And because your inner critic has such a big role in those situations, you're not accessing your own inner mother, your own inner feminine to help you really show up as you in those situations. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm asking you to kind of think about when you come into a circle of women, it's like you've got you and your inner critic. And that's what's sabotaging everything. And I'm asking you to bring in you and your inner feminine, you and your inner mother instead. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think about women and groups of women, when you just close your eyes and take a breath and just think about, let's say a group of three women. And these are women that you want to be friends with, want to connect with, want to share stories with celebrations with, challenges with, when you think of that possibility, what comes up for you? Oh, I mean, I'm immediately intimidated and fearful. Uh-huh. Not all of you is. What part of you is? The little girl. Yeah. yeah. So what does that little girl need? She needs me to tell her that we can be strong and brave and no, um, no, okay. no, she doesn't need that because that makes her feel like she's doing something wrong. And her emotions aren't mm-hmm. valid. She needs to know it's okay to be scared. Mm-hmm. This isn't ex-stepmom. I know it feels like that because that's all you know. But this isn't that. And if anything comes up where you feel criticized or like you can't be you or you feel judged, we don't have to be friends with these people. She needs you to do for her what your mom didn't do for you. Imagine if your mom had come to you and ex-stepmom was being mean and said, Emily, just be strong and brave. Right. <laughs> um, no, thanks. That doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. She needed you to go, this is wrong. I'm going to get you out of this situation. Or sorry, she needed mom to say that. Mm-hmm. And so now I want you to try again. Imagine little Emily being scared. What do you want to say to her? Be the mom she didn't have. She needs to hear that 
I mean, I, so in these situations, I, I've been sort of working on this a little bit Mm -hmm. less like in groups of women, but I guess, you know, and I've heard you talk about this where you kind of just talk to your little girl and tell her like, she doesn't need to be in this situation. Like I've got this, you know, the adult me can, you know, can show up to the party and, you know, little Emily can stay home. And, you know, if these women, you know, turn out to be judgy and critical, like I don't have to go back. I don't have to be with that. You know, I don't have to be friends with them. I think it's just hard for me when, well, one, I, I feel like I'm not getting enough practice at this. You know, I think it's one thing to, to practice this in my own, like in my marriage or with mm-hmm. my mom or, you know, people I already know. And then it's like another to find other situations to practice this. Right. Um, and so I think that's, Let's yeah. talk about that. So, yeah. but just notice how you abandoned little girl a minute ago <laughs> and went back to talking to me. Yeah. It's okay. I'm just saying, don't criticize Mm -hmm. yourself for it. Just notice it. You can notice things without beating yourself up about it. Go, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I did that. All right. And then course correct. Didn't do anything wrong. We're just noticing. Yep. So my challenge to you, my invitation to you is to start practicing. So is there a woman or group of women in your life that you could initiate a deeper friendship with? I think so. Okay. One or a couple. Think of someone. Yep. You got someone in mind? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And how often do you talk to her, see her now? Um, A couple times a month. Okay. So my invitation to you in your next engagement with her, your next social interaction, is to practice vulnerability and intimacy. One of the ways that I've healed this sister wound is talking about it with my sisters talking about it with my friends. And we didn't even talk about your biological sister, but I think all this will help with that as well. So the invitation is you share with her. You say, listen, Allison, or whatever her name is, I just, is it okay if I share something with you that I've been working on? And just say, you know, I really, female friendships have been hard for me. I, I get in my head. I think I don't belong. I think I'm not good at it. I think people don't like me. And I just want you to know you're somebody I really like and want to get to know better. And I, I like to have more honest, vulnerable conversations with you. Is that okay? I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but you get the general idea. Mm-hmm. And like heal the wound in practice because that's, yeah. that's how we heal the sister wound. We get really, really, really honest and vulnerable with our sisters. And if... After we do, we see that someone who can't hold that sacred space, then we move on. And we go, mm-hmm. okay, this person isn't ready to heal the sister wound. Because every woman has it to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can do that? I think so. Mm-hmm. Will you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really committed to this. Um, mm-hmm. healing this. And I knew you would be really helpful in, in helping me get there. So mm-hmm. yes, I will do that. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of three things we talked about. Inner critic. You've got to start talking to that inner critic in compassionate ways and saying, no, you're trying to protect me. And this isn't the way. Let's move into compassion. You can be my coach, not my critic. 
just working with that part, noticing when you're observing yourself, you know, jumping out of your body and observing yourself and coming back in, taking a breath and choosing authenticity. Then there's the really unpacking the trifecta, as we talked about, and looking yeah. at the limiting beliefs that you're carrying around subconsciously around what happens when you're around women or one or more women, right? Mm -hmm. There may be a little more anger at mom that comes up that you can deal with without, you know, needing to talk to her about it, about not protecting you and going, mm -hmm. okay, mom didn't do it, but I'm committed to doing it for myself. I'm committed to protecting the family. And then there's the actual, you know, getting on the field, right? Not just yeah. dress rehearsal. Getting on, on, I love how you use field and dress rehearsal. I'm combining acting and sports. So <laughs> getting on the stage and not just staying in the dress rehearsal and having these conversations with women, because the more you have these deep conversations, the more you're going to realize you're safe and the more connected you're going to feel. I was not able to heal the sister wound without talking about it with other women mm -hmm. and using the friendships to heal the wound. That's the final piece. Yeah. Okay. Does this help? It does. Yeah. It's helped a lot. And can you acknowledge yourself for how you showed up today? Yes, absolutely. I definitely acknowledge myself and I'm, I feel really proud. So yeah. Thank you. I'm really proud of you too. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. Thank you so much. So thank you, Emily, for your vulnerability. As I said to you in the episode, you did an amazing job for someone who was so concerned about how she was going to come across and what she was going to say. You're beautiful. And that's let that be a reference point for you and for anyone listening. When we just show up and we're authentic and we're honest, we are so likable. We're so lovable. We, we can fit right in. It's just when we have the inner critic going off that's when we tend to put up walls and masks and facades. There's been so many times I've gotten feedback that people think I'm aloof or distant or something like that. I don't get it as much anymore, but I used to get it a lot in the past or conceited or stuck up or think I'm too good. No, <laughs> it was just, I was insecure, had a terrible inner critic. The things I was saying to myself in my head would feel so awkward and that would present as aloof or conceited or distant or uninterested or whatever it was. But it really was just because I was so insecure inside that I wasn't showing up my fully authentic, vulnerable self. And as I started to show up more that way, especially in female friendships, it's like, oh, there's the real Christine. Oh, I really like her. <laughs> Both meaning I, Christine, really like her and other people learned they really liked me and wanted to be my friend as well. And so when it comes to making friends and vulnerability, we have to dim down that voice of the inner critic and say, okay, inner critic, and name it. My name, my inner critic's name is Candy. I know you're trying to help me. I know you're trying to protect me. You're doing such a great job and I'm safe. That was then, this is now. And be my coach. Give me a little pep talk here. Help me really be seen and see other people. Help me be authentic because- you know, inner critic, you love me a lot. I know you're hard on me, but you wouldn't be so hard on me if you didn't love me so much because you're hard on me because you protect me. So just help me shine here and enroll your inner critic instead of just trying to make it go away. So in Emily's case, 
this sister wound that she talks about. And again, the sister wound is something that we're born with. I think all women come in, all people, but I'm talking specifically about the sister wound. All women come in with some of that kind of karmic lineage, some of that collective consciousness stuff with other women about competition, comparison, jealousy, backstabbing, betrayal, those kinds of things. And every year at my women's retreat, which I really want to do again, I I thought in 2020, I was going to stop doing them. And then everything that's happened over the past several years, oh man, do we need it? So as soon as I can teach a live event again, the way I want to be able to teach it, we're doing another women's retreat <laughs> because we need it. Anyway, I digress. Every year at the women's retreat, and I've been doing them since I guess 2008. And it started off with like 10 people. <laughs> now it's close to 150. But whether it was 10 people or 150, the thing that always came up was women don't feel safe with other women. They would feel so awkward, so insecure. When Jill would do enrollment calls with people, inviting them into the retreat, they were like, oh, I just don't do well in groups of women. So it's a big wound for all of us. And so we have to look at, all right, where am I buying into some collective limiting beliefs? And where is this coming from my past? And in Emily's case, it was coming from her stepmother. She That was her modeling of female relationship in so many ways. And so she was in this trifecta with mom, stepmom, her, where you had one person that was the dominant feminine who was critical and you could say the mean girl. And then we had the other one, mom, who was not protecting her at all. And again, not throwing her mom under the bus, not blaming her, but you don't really need a lot of skills to tell someone, don't talk to my daughter that way. Right. And again, I'm not in her mom's world. I'm not talking to her mom. I'm making assumptions just based on what Emily said, but it's important for Emily to realize, Hey, mom didn't protect me not to go be mad at her mom, but to go, okay, mom didn't protect me. So I need to protect me. And you saw that in her conversation with her little girl after emotion came up and she tried to talk to her little girl. She only went in there for a second, told her to basically suck it up, you know, be brave, which is not what the little girl needed to hear. And then when we went in to try again, she bypassed the question and we went on to something else. And I gently pointed that out to her. And again, when I point something out to someone on the show, it's not to go, oh, you did it wrong. It's to just help them observe. And I want all of you to try that on. Like you can notice things about yourself. You can grow without making yourself feel like crap, without thinking you did something wrong. You can go, oh, there, I'm doing that thing again. Okay, course correct, let me go back. So we didn't get to it, but what Emily needs to do is go back and heal that inner feminine wound within herself. If her own inner mother is abandoning her, that's not helping the sister wound at all. So she's got to find that inner mother that reassures her, that hears her, that tells her her feelings are valid. She doesn't need a voice inside that tells her to be brave and suck it up. Not Emily's words, mine. Then the other thing we talked about was the inner critic. And this is what I was talking about in the intro. When we have a fierce inner critic, it is hard to make friends because we're just so in our head and we're not coming across authentically. So we've got to work with that inner critic so that we don't come across aloof, awkward, and inauthentic. And the third thing we talked about is to really make an effort to make friends. When I was going through healing my sister when making friends, I would, and I've told this story in the show before, 
I would go up to women and say, hey, I really like you. I'd like to pursue a friendship with you. Would you like to go on a friend date with me? And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I've never been asked on a friend date. That sounds amazing. And that's how I made some of my dearest friends to this day. In fact, I have a couple friends coming in for my baby shower who I asked out on friend dates when I moved to Encinitas and they stayed really amazing friends. So those are some of the takeaways that I want to leave you with is one, work with that inner critic so you can come across authentic. Two, practice. You can only heal the sister wound with sisters. Obviously, you have to do the inner work as well, but there's the outer level as well. You got to get on the field and really play with people and be authentic and be vulnerable. And then also just really explore the inner feminine wound. So some takeaways for you, you could just do some stem sentences. So I'm going to give you the beginning of a sentence. You can journal this and then just free flow, write How you complete the sentence. So the first one would be my beliefs about women are, or I believe women are dot, 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 fill in the blank. What I learned about female friendships as a child or adolescent is fill in the blank. Female friendships are fill in the blank. When I think about being friends with women, fill in the blank. And you can use my stem sentences. You can come up with your own, but start to explore what some of these limiting beliefs are so you can let them go. Because I have to tell you, I love my sisters, both my actual biological sister, who I'm blessed to have a beautiful relationship with and now live close to, and my soul sisters, my dear friends. You know, I love my relationship with my husband. He's amazing and definitely my best friend. And one of the reasons our marriage is so strong is because we have friends outside of each other. My soul sisters are people I lean on for support, people I celebrate with, people who know me deeply, deeply, and who I can be raw and intimate and vulnerable with. And you deserve that. You deserve that. And there's no reason why you can't have that. So really let today's show be that nudge, that sign, that inspiration, that it's time to find your soul sisters and brothers, to really find those people that are friends that are family. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, sending you so much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.